Welcome to the Eight Keys of Sales Excellence podcast, powered by Sales Awakening. Join the sales and marketing community that have made the choice to strive for excellence both personally and professionally. Now, please welcome your host, Craig Francisco. Hey everyone, it's Craig at Sales Awakening. Hope you're having a great day. In just a few seconds, I'm going to cut over to my recently recorded interview with Chris Peterson. I am just blown away by this interview, so please, it's about 28 minutes. You're going to want to buckle in and make sure you listen to every second of this interview. Chris is an amazing person, and again, so fortunate to have her on. Just to give you a little bit of a background, Chris spent really almost 20 years as the news anchor for WTOL here out of Toledo, Ohio. Chris has done so many amazing things throughout her career, both both uh, personally and professionally. It would take me about 10 minutes to probably read them all. But just to give you some highlights, Chris was a six-time Emmy Award recipient. She also was inducted into the Associated Press Broadcasting Hall of Fame after her 32 years in, in TV news and community leadership. So very excited. I mean, Chris is taking on a new career now on her own doing consulting through Chris Peterson Consulting. She's doing some amazing work throughout Northwest Ohio. You're going to love the interview. Stay tuned. Please listen to all of it. Thanks. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for joining me in the Eight Keys of Sales Excellence podcast. I appreciate you you being on the show. It's my pleasure to be here today, Craig. Well, this is uh, really exciting for me being from you know Northwest Ohio and and having a chance to watch you on TV when you were the you know the news anchor for WTOL, and you really were uh, an inspiration to so many, a, a terrific leader. And I know the community uh, really was was blessed to have you in that role for so many years. So it's, this is going to be a lot of fun, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to to be with us on the show today. I'm I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. So let's let's go back if we if we can, Chris. I'd love to hear how you know you were you went to James Madison, got your your undergrad BA in communications, and what what kind of pulled you into the 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 TV or the television world? I was one of those people that was really lucky. Um, being a mom of a, a new college student myself, you know, it's it's tough when you're 17, 18 years old to try to look out into your future and decide what you want to do. But I knew that I wanted to do television news from the time I was about 12 years old. Really? And I grew up in watching the Washington DC uh, channels because that's okay. where I lived in Alexandria, Virginia. And there was a woman named Renee Poussant that was on um, our ABC affiliate there. And she was so inspiring she was, she was a wonderful communicator, a great newscaster, great reporter, but she also used her platform on television to elevate other people, uh, working for the homeless, working for literacy projects, those types of things. And I thought, what an awesome job that would be to be able to do all of that, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of grew up thinking that from that time. And I chose a school that had a television broadcast program and went there and just started my career. So I, I was lucky to know from a very young age that that's what I thought I really wanted to do. That's amazing because that is so rare, as you know. And so many um, kids are getting into college, and they just they struggle because there's there's so much to offer out there. But to have a clear vision of where you wanted to go, 
that's, that's pretty, that's awesome. Super cool. Well, and I, I tell people, you know, now you see that, um, there are a lot of things I've read that show people don't just switch jobs, but switch careers six and seven times over oh, yeah. the, you know, their lifetime. So, you know, I, I don't think that you necessarily have to know. And I think, you know, we are always evolving and morphing into, you know, the human beings that we are. And so um, to be able to take what you know in one realm and kind of push it forward, I think is, is pretty much the norm for a lot of people now. Yes, I would agree. Now, you had a, a phenomenal career. You know, you started out, um, I think, in Harrisburg, Virginia, then you moved to Pennsylvania, and then we were lucky to, to get you in the mid-90s, I believe, in Toledo. And a lot of people, and I think we all look at people that are successful, and we think, oh, they're so lucky. Look at them. They've got this great job. And, and, and I think some of us believe that it's an overnight success, which I think you and I both know that that doesn't exist and that's not how the, the world works. But can you share with us a little bit about that journey? And was it difficult? Because to, to be a news anchor, there's not many of those jobs. So you had to have gone through some, you know, some challenges that you were able to work your way through. And I'd love to hear about some of those. Well, I think the very first challenge in my very first job, Harrisonburg, Virginia is a very small place, but it was the, the town where my college was. And so I had an internship at WHSV, the television station there in Harrisonburg. And that internship led me to my first television job as a reporter and uh, part-time reporter, part-time weathercaster. <laughs> okay. And I knew nothing about weather, right? So here's my first challenge because that was not in my wheelhouse, but that was the job description. I was a reporter by day and I did the 11 o'clock weather. So I really had to kind of get myself up to speed. I um, talked with one of my oceanography um, professors at James Madison because he used to do weather. Okay. Um, on television and he kind of got me up to speed on what I needed to be looking for. And I wasn't trying to present myself as a meteorologist, but just trying to look like, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, um, sure. a challenge. So you have to, you know, get up to speed pretty quickly. So the reporting part, um, I really, you know, that was not an issue at all, but the, um, the weather part really was kind of a challenge, but what it did for me is it gave me about three minutes a night to stand up and talk about something I didn't know anything about really. Yeah. So, you know, that gives you an opportunity to grow in, you know, my ad living skills um, certainly got a lot better then. And, you know, for me to understand that this was going to be a constant learning curve for me in every job. Right. Right. And then um, about six months after I started, the, the anchor man that had been there for many years decided he wanted to take a day job with the newspaper. And so he did that and they offered me the anchor job. So um, I started anchoring the news and uh, still went out and did reports. You know, a lot of anchors do that. You know, we don't like to, to lose our reporting chops. So we like to go out and work on stories. And that was a wonderful opportunity. But there again, here I am, a 21-year-old girl, basically, right. trying to tell people that I am, you know, a credible news person that they should believe and listen to, and um, that can be a challenge as well. So how'd you, like, obviously, that's definitely a challenge. So what did you do to, to break through? How did you earn the respect of the listeners and your peers? 
Um, you know, I, I got some really good advice from someone um, who told me just to be myself. She said, you can't sustain acting like someone else on the news. People will see through it. So you just can be yourself, offer what you can offer, and be as professional, you know, as you can at all times. And that's why a market like Harrisonburg, Virginia is so great because the people there are so generous. You know, they forgive you your mistakes. And I sure. certainly made my fair share of newbie mistakes when I was there. And um, so it was a wonderful place for me to be able to do it with a, a place to have a soft landing afterward, you know? Okay. That's great. And then, you know, fast forward several years, now you're in Toledo, you almost spent, you know, 20 years as the newscaster at WTOL. Obviously, you know, Toledo, much bigger city. So you, you know, you had that, uh, everybody knew you, everybody was watching the television and what types of challenges did you have to overcome with the job at WTOL and anything you can share with the listeners about leadership, perseverance, you know, pressing forward and, and, you know, continuing your dream? One thing that I will tell you is that being on television is, um, especially for women, can be a, a challenge in um, your self-esteem <laughs> because people like to be very critical about, think, you know, what you're wearing right. and, you know, how your hair looks and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, recently, maybe um, four or five years ago, there was, uh, maybe not even that long ago, there was a male anchor in some market that, um, you know, his female counterpart was telling him that, you know, I always get these complaints like, you know, what you're wearing, that color doesn't look good on you, your hair looks crazy, you know, that kind of thing. And so he, for an entire month, wore the same thing every day. <laughs> and nobody wrote him a note. Nobody talked to him about oh what he was gosh. wearing. Nobody said anything about it. And then at the end of the experiment, he basically told the audience, like, stop writing to her and saying things about her cosmetic appearance. Yeah. This is crazy, you know? So oh that is one thing that I think women have to kind of deal with a little bit more. And you have to just um, have a little bit tougher skin. And for somebody who's sensitive like myself, that, you know, that was an, uh, a hard lesson to learn. People don't mean to be mean, I don't think, but they just, you know, you put yourself out there on television and they believe that they have part ownership of you, right? Oh, because yeah. they are sure. committing to watching you every night. So they feel like they can make those types of comments. And that was just really interesting. So I had to kind of get over that and not have hurt feelings when people would say things, you know, that, that were not necessarily kind. Yeah. But I think also the biggest thing is, you know, the schedule of a newscaster is the news is 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. And there's somebody at the station all of that time. And if it's not me, it's somebody else. So, you know, the hours, I think people don't have any idea how many hours uh, people in television put in um, to cover things and to be there. And sure. so, you know, you're working weekends sometimes, you're working uh, holidays. I worked most holidays. I almost, um, after I had my daughter, I almost always got Christmas off, but I worked a lot of Christmas Eves. I worked every Thanksgiving, every New Year's Eve, you know, just about every holiday you're on the air because that's what the job requires. Right. So, you know, as you kind of get older and have a family, 
that is one of the biggest challenges just to balance like any other you know, position, police officers, fired nurses, doctors, you know, people, uh, wait staff, anybody that is, um, you know, in a position where they have to work and eat, you know, right, odd, yeah, tough odd hours. Yeah. You have to figure out how you're doing that with your family. So. Well, you balanced it and that's, and that's great. So you, you wrapped your career up and then, so what, four, almost five years ago, you've kind of spun off on your own as an entrepreneur and as a consultant, which is exciting. And I know you and I spoke last week and you do a lot of work, just a leadership, right? So focus on leadership and development. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, back about, let's see, um, seven, eight years ago when I was still working at the TV station, I kind of knew, you know, the industry was changing and I wanted to fulfill something that was on my own bucket list, which was to get my master's degree. So I went to Lord's University and got my master's in organizational leadership. It was something that I was very interested in. Um, and I had a wonderful program at Lord's in their MOL degree, learned so much. And so I felt like I had a, um, an opportunity after I left television to be able to uh, use some of that knowledge that I got and um, be able to, you know, do something else. And so I decided to, um, you know, just kind of branch out. I, I did talk to several people. It was about a six month transition after I left the TV station, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, Randy Ostra at ProMedica was so kind and, you know, said, we have work here that I think you'd be great for. And, you know, we'd love to have you, you know, come on board and, and do some things. So um, he hired me as a consultant and I've been working there doing leadership training and development. And I also still do some video projects as well. That's terrific. So do you see, do you like, first of all, I guess being self-employed is different. And I have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of yes. listeners here are, you know, business owners, you know, sales and marketing professionals and several, you know, entrepreneurs that are looking to grow a business. So can you, can you tell us the difference between, you know, obviously working for the news station. So having the backing of everybody and then all of a sudden now you're on your own, right? Well, the biggest thing I think is you, yes, you, you have to drum up your business, you know, your own business. You have to bill people for the work that you do for them. (laughs) So there are all these other things that all of a sudden you have to do that take your time. And so it's not just doing the work that you want to do all the time. So that's one big thing that you have to learn uh, right up front. Um, but I will say that, you know, the flexibility in the hours, um, the ability to, I don't want to say pick and choose. It's not like I'm turning down business, you know, when people, um, but to be able to do the work that you really feel passionate about and, uh, you know, you feel like you're really making a difference to people and matching yourself up in those ways, I think is, is really fulfilling so it, to me, it has been a wonderful transition. So do you see yourself this being kind of the legacy going forward of what you're going to be able to bring? You know, are you focused mostly in the Northwest Ohio community itself? Yes, I do. I have done some um, work outside of town, but not far away. Um, so, you know, mostly driving distance is what I'll say. Okay. Um, 
not that I'm not willing to go farther. And to be perfectly honest, I have been really willing to be more of a part-time person over the last four years because the reason I left my television job was to spend time with my daughter who was just entering high school. So I really wanted to be a very present mom. And I think that is a struggle that we as parents go through in every job. Um, You know, you feel like I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good spouse. I'm not a good worker, you know, because you're trying to divide your time up um, among all sorts of things. And you just feel like you're kind of not doing a great job at any of that. So I was able to take a little step back from Um, the work world, uh, you know, working, you know, 25, 30 hours a week instead, and then focus a lot more on my daughter and her activities, which was great. So now that she's in college, you know, I'll probably ramp up a little bit and I have a little more time (laughs) taking on some new clients or, you know, whatever, but I, I'm really um, happy with the work that I've been able to do. And I really feel like I'm still able to make a very meaningful contribution. No, I think that's great. And I, you know, I really kind of reflecting back here on our discussion, you know, obviously you were, you had a nice clear vision at a very young age of what you wanted to do. And and you worked extremely hard, you know, to reach those, that goal, um, you know, of being a, a main TV anchor for a large television station. And, and I just, you know, the listeners that are on here, I, they always like to talk about just the difficulty it is to achieve success. And there's, unfortunately, there's so many people out there um, across the internet that promise, you know, the world that, hey, if you, if you buy into this program in 30 days, you, you know, you're going to be retired and you're going to make $100,000 a month. And there's so much of this, um, you know, garbage, unfortunately, I guess the best word I have right now that is flooding the market, flooding people that really have a goal and a dream to be something. And there's all these perceived shortcuts in, that are out there. And there really isn't. I, you know, listening to your story, you know, my personal experience and all the others that I've interviewed, it comes down to, it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of hours, um, the commitment that you would have put in place, you know, to, to achieve these goals was there every single day. I'm sure there was mornings and nights when the weather was bad and the last thing you wanted to do was to get in your car and drive down to the news station and, and to work, but you did it and you did it really well. And I think that's what has allowed you to be so accomplished. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I I think it's true, you know, for everybody in every industry, right? If you have a child that's homesick, you don't want to leave to go to work. Or if you, you know, are dealing with your own, you know, emotional or mental stress. I mean, we all take all of that with us wherever we go. And so it can be very challenging and, um, you know, very difficult sometimes for people. And I think we go through ebbs and flows in our careers, just like we do in other aspects of our lives, where, you know, we're feeling like we're doing great and we're chugging along, you know, but you have, you do have to be willing to put in the hours. When I first came to WTOL uh, as a newscaster, I was working probably 60 to 70 hours a week. You know, I would work on weekends. I'd go out and, you know, before my day would start at the station, my shift was three to midnight. But before I would even start that, I would be taking someone to lunch to get to know them, you know, a mayor or a police chief or somebody like that. So I could, you know, let them get to know me and 
you know, be able to um, have good working relationships with all of these community people. So, you know, or emceeing something or, you know, speaking uh, at an engagement. So there were a lot of hours that were outside of my normal shift that you work and you do that to build yourself and to be able to, um, you know, have that success. But right. there, you know, that's not, that doesn't just happen just because you're on television or just because you're, you know, working in some other position in some other industry. You have to be willing to put in those hours. Um, it's, it's all built over time. It's cumulative. Right. So, you know, that's something that's really important for um, people to understand. And the other thing about any kind of get rich <laughs> quick scheme is, you know, you have to be doing something that you're passionate about or you will not be able to sustain it. If it's not something that you get up and you love every day thinking about this is how I'm going to make a difference in the world or, you know, find meaning in my own life today, it's not going to be something that you're going to be able to continue to do for the amount of time it's going to take for you to be successful. So I always try to tell people you have to, to find things that make you have meaning, um, you know, that are meaningful to you and make you feel like you're making a contribution because people want that. They want to think that their contribution is meaningful to others. That's, that's terrific. And I, just to add to that, there's, there's a lot of listeners that may be at a job today that they don't love or they don't believe that it's, it's uh, allowing them to express everything and bring value to the world. And, and so a lot of our people are just afraid to take that step to either go on their own or potentially look for another career change. But I do think that life is, is too short to, to not feel like you're delivering and bringing your A game every day and, and feeling the happiness and joy and gratitude that should come with you know, your career and whether, you know, you stay at home or you're, you're out and about in your own community and, or traveling across the world with your job, I think you need to be happy. I mean, happiness is so critical. It is so critical. And, you know, one of the things uh, in my leadership training that I do, I'm very passionate about servant leadership and um, just thinking of ourselves in terms of serving others and whether that is serving others in your family, serving others in your circle of friends, community, or at your job. Um, you know, those are the types of things we need to be thinking about. How can we elevate and provide um, um, impact to people every single day? How can I help you? How can I be of help to you? And when you do that, when you put yourself in that mindset, I think every day uh, you come home every night and think, wow, I really helped someone today. You right. know? And I think when you do that, success follows you. I mean, good things will happen to you. If you're providing, you know, all this value to other people and that is your, what's, you know, forefront in your head that you're trying to accomplish, then good things will happen to you. Yes, I totally agree with that. I, I think that it's, you know, what you put out in the world comes back to you. Now, we all do go through, as I said, ebbs and flows, right? So sure. there are challenges and obstacles that can get in our way and face us. And sometimes they seem insurmountable. But if you just keep plugging away, um, you see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think. That's been my experience. Well, that's... 
That's fantastic. And before and we, Craig, it's scary. Sure. I mean, I just want to say that, you know, I, I did not intend to leave my job. It, this was like kind of an epiphany moment for me. I had been there for 20 years right? and it was time for me to sign a new contract and I just wasn't feeling great about it. And in conversations with my husband, I said, you know, at the end of this four-year contract, Riley's going to be graduating and I will have missed so much. And right. he said, don't sign it. And, you know, if you, if you feel that way and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I had never really, I mean, him just saying that to me opened up the possibility that maybe I could do something else. Right. You have to kind of be open to those things in your life that, you know, sometimes they smack you in the face and sometimes they're just subtle, you know, um, gentle reminders of what you really, you know, what's really important to you in your life and, and what you really want to be working on. And if you listen to that, you're able to kind of, you know, come through. So it was a surprise to me, just as I think it was a surprise to my boss and everybody, you know, all the people that I worked with that I did not resign and then right. I decided to retire. But it was um, that moment and the right thing for me to do. And I really think that it's important for people to understand, you know, we get on that treadmill and we just keep going, put one foot in front of another every day. But it's really important for people to kind of look around them and say, okay, am I really doing the work I want to do? And if not, I need to take a step off and figure out what is that that I really want to do and how can I fulfill those values that are important to me? My value of family was not being met by the schedule of my job because I right. had to work at night, you know? So um, I think it takes a lot of introspection. And I think in this very fast paced world, we don't do a lot of reflection and journaling and looking at ourselves in the mirror to see, are we happy? Are we doing what we want to do? And if not, how, you know, making, taking time to make a plan for ourselves to, to do that. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, I think that really tells it all that it, you have to slow down. You have to reflect. You really have to pay attention to yourself and what you're hearing inside your own head and not allow, you know, your friends and your family and your coworkers determine the direction that you take. And I think there's so many outside influences that do affect people. So, you know, thanks for sharing. That was, that was fantastic. And you have that similar experience, right? I do, so, I do, yeah, absolutely. I a lot of people out there do, and it's just kind of listening to that voice um, and you know, being able to find another way to, to, to do what we want to do. Yeah, and it's out there. I mean, especially in this day and age, there's so much opportunity for everybody, um, which is really exciting. Now, before I let you go, Chris, I have to ask and to see if you can dig back into your memory banks a little bit. With, with all the success that you had on TV, I'm sure you've met some phenomenal people, a lot of great local folks, but also you've won some great awards and you've been to different parts of the country. Was, who was your, your most famous encounter that you've had out there in your career that means something to you and that you'll never forget? Maybe an experience you'd like to share with us? Well, when I look back on my career, I think about the, the stories that mean the most to me are the ones where we were able to help somebody do something that was really life-changing. For 17 years, I did a weekly segment called Home for Keeps, where we would highlight foster kids who were looking for adoptive homes. And, you know, those kids got placed, and many of those kids got placed because people saw them on TV. 
they're not saying, oh, I want that, you know, but it, it put the awareness up um, for people that there was a need in our community. And then there were people that saw children on TV and said, you know, they were inspired by that girl belongs in our home, you know, and they would wow. go and get certified to be um, adoptive parents and adopt that child. So those stories were really special to me because I knew those kids were going to be impacted for the rest of their lives by what happened after we did those stories. The most, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of, you know, presidents, first ladies, politicians, people like, people like that, that are, you know, really exciting and some, you know, stars, uh, entertainment uh, stars, people like that. But the most meaningful to me, you're probably going to laugh, but um, Captain Kangaroo, was here, nice. Bob Keeshan, yep. um, many years ago. And um, I'm not a person, you know, most of my career was not spent with an iPhone or a computer. <laughs> I was right. typing on typewriters and we didn't have, you know, we had flip phones if we had anything for, for most of it. So only in the last few years. So I, there were not a lot of opportunities. I didn't walk around with a camera to get pictures of myself with all of these people. So right. even though I had, you know, um, remarkable opportunities to meet people. I don't have a lot of pictorial evidence, but there was a, 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 our promotions person in the station. I ran down and said, would you please get a picture of me with Captain Kangaroo when he came to the station? And that is still a picture that I prize today. And I think why is because his show was such a formative show for me when I, you know, when I watched right. um, that as a child and still to that day, you know, you think about your foundation and those things you learn, um, kindness from Mr. Rogers and Captain Kangaroo and Sesame Street, you know, those, those lessons of your childhood. And it just meant so much to me that he was there and he was still working in the education industry and trying to promote educational programs across the country. So it was something that was still very important to him. And I just loved meeting him. I just loved That's it. Great. That's <laughs> awesome. Super. So cool. kind of maybe not what you were expecting. That's okay. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, that was a very impactful um, meeting for me. That's great. Well, listen, Chris, I really want to thank you again for your time. And I know that the listeners are really going to enjoy this. And I want to wish you, you know, the best success going forward in your consulting career. I know it'll be wildly successful. And just again, thank you for, for taking the time today. It's my pleasure. I've enjoyed talking with you, Craig, and just want to, you know, uh, make sure that people know that it is possible to do something else, that you should constantly be looking for what makes you really jazzed and what you're passionate about so that you can get up every day and feel great about what you're doing. And um, it's been my pleasure to be here with you today. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Chris. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the eight keys of sales success podcast. Please subscribe to our channel and visit our website at www.salesawakening.com for additional sales and marketing content. Remember, we all have a choice to be excellent. Make the choice today.